Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we're committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. Welcome to Garage. Welcome to Garage. Seriously, welcome to Garage. Like, I really sense the spirit of victory in this place. Amen. I, I sense it. I, I don't feel it. I just sense it. I know that there are people who have walked here this morning and you're wondering about the issue of victory and God wants you to know it is settled. If you follow, if you decide to walk according to his word and by the spirit, the victory is assured. There is nothing that's going to defeat you. As a believer, as a son of God, as a daughter of God, you're not defeatable. Defeat is no longer part of your language. Amen? I'm, I'm serious. You know, these things, you know, sometimes it's like we are trying to make it sound good. No, I'm not trying to make it sound good. I'm telling you the truth that we are going to live by. Amen? In fact, I have two specific words, maybe three. One... Someone here needs to know that you are forgiven. Okay? I know there is at least one person here. And all the fights, all the struggles, all the momentary defeats you're going through is because you have not believed, received, embraced the truth of the fact that you are forgiven. Amen. And so, if you just receive that, I can guarantee you, <laughs> you'll be amazed at what changes in your life. Just receive that. That's for someone. Someone just needs to know you are forgiven <laughs> completely, not forgiven in part. My sin, not in part. But the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's one person. The other category of people, the people who are going through fights right now in your life, different things, things are going here, there, wherever. And what God wants you to do is, this is so simple. Engage your generosity muscle. That's all. There are certain fights you're fighting, and all you need to do is engage generosity. Now, I don't know what that means to you because God is speaking to you right now what that generosity might be or to whom or where, but that's the word and I'm sure of it 100%. Someone here, you're going to engage generosity and you'll be amazed how easy it is. The fight is why you fought, prayed hard, all, all that. Just engage generosity. Amen. All right, uh, we're talking about life in the spirit. Refresh, uh, you can use the hashtag 
refresh in your tweets. And today I want us to talk about spiritual things. Okay? I'm going to do a quick survey here, unplanned, as usual. And uh, I just need some bold people to say, it's me. And I'll come to you and you tell us in about 30 seconds. So, how many people have ever received or experienced a tangible, real miracle? I mean, not the one where you can be wondering, was that a miracle or was it not? Like, you know for sure it's a miracle. So, I'm coming to you and let's share these stories. I'll need like four or three, so if you put your hand up somewhere else, I'll come there. I received the gift of 17 million shillings, and that was a miracle for me. You received a gift of 17 million shillings. Tell us a little bit more, because we might be like, eh? Was that from your boss? Like, they increased your salary? Okay, it was not from my boss. I was going to, I wanted a plot of land. And the first portion was uh, like 12 million shillings, so I bought the first 550 by 100. But there was something I could quay on Gerako and I wanted it and I didn't have money. So I asked for a loan and instead of a loan, this person gave me the money more than actually because the next portion was 13 million and he gave me a gift of 17 million. That was a miracle. They give you including money for fencing it off. Was there a hand here? Sam was directing me. Someone at the back can tell me where the hands are if I'm not seeing them. Someone else. All right. <sighs> it takes a miracle to know him. Da -da 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 -da. Sorry, that filming, guys. It must be filming. Um, when I was almost graduating, clearing from campus, bachelor's, uh, we, had, we had, okay, they had gotten a group of us, and they said we're cheating in exams. So they wiped all our results off net, like we couldn't access them. They told us, you're disqualified. It was final. We sat, we sat with the council, and it was, that was it. They told us, you just have to reapply and all. But then we had to pray. And everyone told us, there is nothing you can do. It's, that's it. You, you can't graduate, you can't do anything. Remember, this is clearance time, but then I got to graduate. Our results were released, we were forgiven, and, you know, that was a miracle, a huge miracle. <laughs> awesome! You have made my work easy. Same bench, full of miracles. So, I apply for this job, like these very high-profile jobs. There were like 1,500 applicants, I'm just 22, and I got the job. Ooh, 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 ooh. One more here, and then after Esther's miracle, I'm going to ask those who may have got a miracle of healing, if there is like one more person or two to also share. Mine is actually about healing. So in 20, early 2015, I collapsed in the gym, and when I went to see a doctor, simply told me, you are diabetic. But as in you know it, you're diabetic, you should know. And I said, no, I can't be diabetic. I went into denial mode. I remember coming here and uh, Pastor Deno praying for us on one of those PPN nights, you know, just canceling that in the name of Jesus. 
So after six or so months, I went back and I saw a different doctor with the other same results. Say, but who told you you are diabetic? You are not. Yeah, and that's it. I'm not. Yeah. The things we believe from doctors. No? No, I'm not. Yes. Uh, mine is, uh, I had gotten uh, a gift of an iPhone 5. So I was in a taxi around Nakawa. So I was behind. You know how you can sit in the taxi and you're behind, behind. So someone, when I was, on, when I was texting someone, someone came and grabbed my phone and took it. So I don't know what happened, but a passenger from, uh, he was on a border border. He jumped off the border border, ran after the thief got the iPhone, brought it back to me and said, get your iPhone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, thieves be like, don't steal from that guy. He has a lot of help. Angels riding on borders. <laughs> of spiritual things. Now, Many years ago, I had a habit, bad habit. Uh, I've shared about it many times before, so I feel not necessary to tell you what it is again. But just know it was a habit. It bothered me. It was bad. It affected my relationship with God. ETC, ETC, feel bad about it. Promise God about it. Nothing happens. And then I just happened to share with a friend that, look, I mean, I was at my wit's end. I was like, you know, and those are the days when we believed God could get angry with you and just wipe you off. So, like, you know, before God catches me, as if he didn't know. <laughs> so I shared with a friend, I was like, you know, this thing, I'm struggling, what, what. And we started praying together. We would meet every Tuesday lunch uh, at a certain place and we would just pray together. And as it turned out that he also had some struggles, and then, after a certain time, season of time, we just realized we were all totally free from whatever was disturbing us. Now, th those are things that, and I'm, I've just told you one small thing among the many things I've experienced in God. Those are things that you can't explain physically. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to understand that there is a spiritual Life And everything that we experience in the physical comes from that which is spiritual. And so our understanding of that is critical in order for us to live in constant victory this side. Are we together? And in fact, <laughs> as we will see, sometimes the victory is not even what you think it should be. You know, like, this guy has this thorn in the flesh, and his victory is that your strength is made perfect. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. That was his victory. And so, I just want us to just understand the purpose of my message today is to help you walk in consistent victory, regardless of what's going on. But for that to happen, we must understand that there is a life we have in Christ, in the Spirit. Now, we read last week, and I'll just remind us, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, together it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, 
soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your body is not you. That's why when you're small and weighing only a tenth of what you weigh now, when you're used to, they don't say you are uh, one tenth of a person. Kakdi is not a tenth of a person. He's a complete person. Why? Because the person is not the body. Are we together? The person is the spirit. So when you go cut off your hair, you've not lost some part of you. That's just part of your body. Am I making sense? And so we saw that you are spirit and you have a soul which has your emotions, thoughts, and will, and you live in a body. For details about that, download our, our message for last week. And today, let us look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 2. That one there is an error. So every time you see one, that's two. And uh, the guys over there are going to help me change it to a two. They work miracles. They live a life of favor. They know who they are. <laughs> I just, you know, copy and paste things. Eh? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 together. What does it say? However, we speak wisdom. I don't hear you among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So Paul is writing to the Corinthians and this whole argument, really that first part of the book of Corinthians is addressing the issue of divisions. If you like to go into the details of the text. Where he's saying, some of you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Did Paul die for you? It is C. He says, I watered, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. He's trying to deal with that issue and in his analysis of things, they are living like that because they don't understand who they are in the spirit. They are walking carnally. That's why later on in chapter 3, he says that I wrote to you not as those who are spiritual, but as those who are carnal. For if there are, are all these divisions, I can't call you spiritual, but carnal. Am I making sense? But in the process of that writing, there is a lot of information that comes through. Now, let, let's first deal with this idea of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now, of course, I know that your mind is alert, your heart is receptive, you're switched on, and you're clicking everything I'm saying. Now, in the early days of the earth, the people who ruled the world were physical giants. Do you get what I mean? The qualification for leadership was how tall, wide, and strong you were. That's what qualified you for leadership. That's why when the Israelites were trying to get into the promised land, they said they found giants in the land, the sons of Anak. And they said, we look like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now, that's a little bit of hyperbolic communication, but by the time you look like a grasshopper, in your own sight before those people, it, they must have been what? Big. Okay? So, it's a case of, 
If they are bigger than you, you can't beat them. They are going to rule over you. Are we together? So that's why you have those people ruling the earth over time until the days of Goliath. Remember Goliath and his five brothers from uh, Gath of Philistine? Rather, four brothers. There were five. Goliath and his four brothers. Those were, were the Philistines. They didn't need to fight. They didn't need academic qualification. See, do you what? For you to be a commander. For you to lead the army in what? In battle. No. What, what, how did they assess whether you were capable of leadership? From a distance. They just saw some tall guy coming and they're like, we have the leader in our midst. Am I making sense? Physical giants ruled the earth. So much so that when Israel complained to Samuel and started asking God for a king, because they're like, no, we are tired of just being around without a king. We want to be like the other nations. We need a king. Who did God choose? Saul, right? Now, you people are Bible readers. So when I say, who did God choose? Don't make me look bad on, on the video. You say, Saul, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he chose Saul. Why did he chose Saul? He says that he was head and shoulders above the rest. Even for Israel, when they finally said they wanted a king, when God was looking around for a leader, he had to look for someone with physical stature. Physical stature is what gave you leadership. How many of you know that's no longer the case? Right now, everyone is trying to lose weight. <laughs> so, those days came and went. And entered the days of intellectual giants. The people that started ruling the earth were the people who had intellectual capacity. For you to be of considered of any value, you had to contribute with your head. So we've had intellectual giants right from the days of Galileo Galilee, Isaac Newton. Who are the other ones? Archimedes, Albert Einstein. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, those are giants. They are ruling the world. They don't need a political office. Do you know any political leader who has more influence than Mark Zuckerberg? Do you? If he just switched off that blue thing, there would be chaos globally. Are you following? I'm talking about intellectual giants. That's why people here have one degree, two, three, four. You're piling them on. Because in our world today, it's not about how high and tall and muscular you are. It's about how quick you are upstairs. And the slower you are upstairs, the more trouble you're in. Hallelujah. No, understanding that we are spirit and soul and body. Are you following? Now, this is when you need to log in. Are you logged in? Yeah. That, 
And someone said, Love, life is in session. Are you present? Now, doesn't it only make sense that that equation is not complete? If there were physical giants. And by the way, during the days of the physical giants, if you told them that one day you will not need to be big to be a leader, they would love you to scorn. Because they couldn't imagine there is any other what? Possibility. Now, if there are days of physical giants, and we have experienced the days of intellectual or soul giants, doesn't it only make sense that a day for spiritual giants is coming? Doesn't it only make sense? Think about it. Not only is it coming, it's actually here. Because let me tell you, all the, all, the, all the advantages of the Enlightenment, for those who haven't read history, go read about the Enlightenment, and all the chaos and all the noise people made about it, how you have to be a great thinker. It is, see, uh, my friend Sam Kisa taught me a, a saying that professionalism is conspiracy against the laity. You realize that with all these technological innovations, the world has become flat. You actually, when you go to look for a job, people are not looking at your qualifications. They are looking at what you're capable of. Uh, am I making sense? Yeah. The, uh, friends, the days of spiritual giants are here. And what's going to separate you from the rest is not how big you are. It's not how many degrees you have. That's good. It's how connected you are. In here, in your spirit. And I'm not even going to details, but there is just go and look around the world right now and see the emerging nature of spiritual giants and how people of intellect have already subjected their intelligence to the leadership of those spiritual giants, whether good or bad. Verse 7, together. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he says, we speak. Earlier he says, we speak the wisdom of God. We do what? Speak. So you're going to see that word speak like three times in today's text. So I need you to take note of it as we look at spiritual things and how to walk and operate in them. Mind the word speak. Take me back to verse 6, just in case there is doubt. Take me up. Oh, I'm the one. Thank you. He says, however, we speak wisdom. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. In a mystery, in coded language. And it says the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. The wisdom of God is hidden, 
It's not hidden from us. It is hidden for us. Because we who are in Christ have been given access to that wisdom. Now the people who are not in Christ don't have access to that wisdom easily. And the point is that that wisdom is for our glory. Okay. Now is when you put off a little bit of your religious thinking. It's not for God's glory. God's wisdom is not for his glory. God's wisdom is for Moses' glory. And Evelyn's glory. And Ezra's glory. And your glory. But it is hidden. Of course, don't get frustrated. We are soon going to find out that it's, even if it's hidden, you have the passcode. You can access it. If, 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 if I give you an inheritance and I leave it on, uh, out there in the parking lot at Metroplex or Quality Mall, I say, I've left you two billion shillings. It's in the parking lot at Quality Mall. How about that for lack of wisdom? Like, what? Where, where did you leave my money? In the parking lot? Yeah, right there. Like, the, no, you know, you'll find bundles. Will you find it? If I'm going to give it to a billion, what will I do? I'll go bank it in a secure place. And then you have to go <laughs> talk to the bank manager and get it out. I've hidden it. The hidden incredible sums of money for your glory. <laughs> now, of course, we'll all interpret that glory differently. Some people will show up, in, you know, they'll go shopping, you know. <laughs> Others will buy other things. But do you get the point? If it's valuable, I have to hide it. It can't be on the surface. Oh. It's for our glory. The Bible says we are the glory of Christ. Now, let, let me show you this thing. Let me, let's not waste time. Proverbs 25 to what does it say? Together. Again, louder. It is the glory of God to consider a matter, but the glory of kings is to such outer matter. What glorifies God is that he has hidden it. He has concealed it. And what glorifies us, kings and queens, is to what? It's to search it out. Why? Because it is hidden for our glory. God conceals it for his glory. We search it out for our glory. Because it was hidden for our glory. And our glory reveals his glory. You know, let me ask you, how do people glorify God? How do, how do people know that, man, God is glorious? Through us. If you and I are living defeated, depressed, deconstructed, whatever lives, there's no way people are going to glorify God. Because they're going to be, look, those people who serve that God, look at their lives. The Bible declares that the woman is the glory of the man. Okay? If, if, if... If 
I built a helipad in Chitukutwe, bought a chopper. When I'm going out of the country, I fly straight to the airport, get my private jet, go, what, limousines, etc. And you keep finding Ari in a taxi negotiating with the conductor. What do you think? What, what are you going to think? You'll start saying, there is no way these two people are related. If you want to see the glory of any man, look at their wife. And we are the bride of Christ. If you want to see the glory of Christ, look at the church. And if Christ is going to be glorified in the earth, all that the people of the earth need to do is look at his bride. That's why he has hidden that stuff for us. Because when we shine, when we succeed, when we get promoted, when we live in victory with healing, an incredible understanding of our identity, guess what? Christ is glorified. Uh, some of you will be looking at me like, oh, brother, where have you been reading? In the Bible. <laughs> now, how many people here are married? Married people, let me see your hands. Okay, men, 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 married men. Okay. Don't you think that... <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You know when you show up for a party, they say, what dinner who is, who, who, who is supposed to be more dressed up? You or the babe? My dear, allocate the budget properly. Because for you, it's likely going to be a black suit, a gray suit, and I think those are the only two choices. When you start moving into red suits, etc., you know, we'll be like, okay, that's peculiar. You know, you're not T.D. Jakes. You know what I'm saying? Some things just don't look good on everyone. Now, <laughs> but that, that's why, we, 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 you know, have you ever come from a wedding and they ask you, what was the groom wearing? Uh -uh. Have you ever been asked that question? No one cares. That used to get me into a lot of trouble. What was the bride wearing? I'm like a dress. <laughs> dress? How many of you know that answer is going to get you into trouble? Of course, she's wearing a dress. You need the details. Thank God for WhatsApp. Now you just take the picture and send immediately. Why? Because the glory of the man is the woman. The glory of Christ is the church. God will never receive glory independent of us. Let me tell you, you want the world to know God and to follow him passionately, we need to start living like children of God, like the bride of Christ. Yes. We can't just be around in despair and think that God is going to be glorified. Am I making sense? But as it is, <laughs> but as it is written, uh-huh, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's Old Testament. That's why it's in italics. If you read a good Bible, it's in italics. 
He's quoting the Old Testament. And then he brings the New Testament into picture. What does he say? But, tell your neighbor, it matters where you put the but. Because once you have the but, then you have to neglect everything that comes before it. But what? God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. What is hidden has now been revealed. <laughs> Are there people here today? No. Remember, we are a great preaching church, and we've done it faithfully for 12 years. And what the understanding of grace, what it does is to surface things. Is to, is to give you the idea that everything you're looking for, by the way, God has already provided it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Everything. That's the idea behind the understanding of grace. That you and I don't need to work for anything. You don't need to work for anything. Everything that Christ, that you need for life, Christ already paid the price and made it available. You understand? Now here is the trick. A lot of my grace friends apparently living life without the benefit of these things. Why? Because we don't understand that grace is what God does, but we have to respond by faith. Faith is our positive response to what God has already done by grace. Grace provides, faith receives. So a lot of my grace friends are like people dying of thirst leaning against a well. Because they are not willing to get up and put that pail and search the deep things in that well. <laughs> are you sticking with me? There are some things, let me tell you friends. The revelation you have of God right now is so small compared to what you are yet to see. Never form a doctrine and lose friends over your current revelation because revelation is progressive. Christ is endless. Look, John is here lying in his bosom, and what happens in Revelation? He's falling all over the guy. He's a, every time he looks at him, he's, he collapses. Same Christ, same John, same friends. Now for us, some of us, there's something you saw. Maybe a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, who cares? I don't know. You saw something in Christ. You got a certain revelation. No Simba watch You built an altar there and you have jumped to move. And God is like, hey, there are things you have not seen yet. Now, of course, there's nothing that's outside of Christ and his love for us. That has to be the consistent thing. Am I making sense? <laughs> Look, he first called them hidden things. Then he called them concealed things. 
Now he's calling them deep things. The idea is they are not on the surface. That's why he doesn't say work for your salvation, but it says work out. Like there's something you have that you need to start producing. There's something you have you need to start producing. There's healing you have in your spirit that you need to start producing in your flesh. There's wealth you have in your spirit yet you need to start producing. You see, there are, there, there are things that are deep in God. And that's why you and I, we have that book called the Bible. Have you ever been reading your Bible? Like one of those brown pages you have read forever. They're even brown and marked, you know, like all sorts of colors. What do they call that thing? Highlight, 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 greeny, orange. The whole page, you can no longer read the text. You are, you, you, you're kind of sure you know everything there. Then that one morning you're reading and you're Mama, what? <laughs> it has always been there. You've read over it like 200 times, but it hits you. And new truth hits you from the same text. The Holy Spirit illuminates. Oh. Oh. Tell your neighbor, never settle. Never arrive. There's always more in God. <laughs> Deep things. Think about Paul. Paul says, I know a man 14 years ago went to paradise and says he saw things which are not lawful for a man to utter. Eh? This guy went to heaven, Paul. And he says he saw some things he can't say them. Eh? God, you and I have to be wondering. Hmm. I also want to what? To see since the guy is not allowed to say. Remember John, John, he went and saw and wrote a whole book, Revelation. Now, how many of you know that it's really technically not good to try and form doctrinal positions with your head when reading Revelation? That I think these seven candles mean this. Then Simani the pit. How about that old lady? Eh? We all read Revelation and I you can only pray in Imagine Paul, apparently what Paul saw is probably more confusing than what John saw. So he said, don't write. Don't, don't say. Kubanga, you're going to mess up people. They will be trying to think about it. It's not thinkable. You can only access it by the Spirit. Okay, let's talk about Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. Master, we know you are sent from God. What? They are there. What? Then you, say, you must be born again. What? Can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born? <laughs> and Jesus says, Nicodemus, I've told you earthly things and you do not what? 
believe, you don't click, you don't understand. Now, what will happen if we start conversing heavenly things? If the idea of being born again is too much for you to comprehend. Now, when we start talking the things of heaven, meanwhile, and says, and you are a teacher of Israel. He's a, teacher, he's a national teacher in spiritual matters. And Jesus is saying there are some heavenly things which we cannot talk about. What, what did Jesus say that the disciples when he was leaving? He says that I have so much to tell you but I can't do it. But the Holy Spirit will come and he will be what? He will be your teacher. He will reveal to you all truth. It's like there are some things which you can't understand without the Holy Spirit. Even if you are good at English, for God cannot be researched. God can only be believed and revealed. Now, the point of this someone is not to make you feel frustrated like, Bananga Kakati, me, where do I start? The point of this sermon is to make you hungry. To understand that the life you're living now, eh? by the way, however good it is, <laughs> there is a lot more. And it's available. And look, God is no respecter of person. God doesn't come and say, because Moses is a pastor, let me show him something. No. <laughs> The deep things of God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, how deep do you go? Some of us have settled for a shallow life with God. We feed our minds and our souls the whole, and our bodies the whole time. But when it comes to paying attention to our spirits and the things of God, you reserve some three minutes before bedtime. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for work. Thank you for the traffic jam. <laughs> Amen. In Jesus' name. And that's all. That's all. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> you are organizing yourself to not have the benefits of the life in the spirit. Colossians 1, it says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his pastors. Right? What does it say? I'm not even hearing you read. People read. This is the word of God. But now has been revealed to his sense. Now, it has been revealed, but do you know it? To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Remember, the wisdom is hidden for our, for our. In other words, what needs to be manifested in these times as the truth is revealed is our, our glory. Bambi, sorry. 
I know they told you from right from Sunday school that only God has glory and never steal God's glory. Look, you don't need to steal God's glory because he gave it to you. Jesus said, and the glory that you gave me, I have given to them. As a believer, you don't have to worry about stealing God's glory. He has already given it to you. In fact, you should be so worried if you're not displaying enough of it. Which husband here wants their wife showing up like you know what I mean? Mogenda kumbaga na ye aligure from top to bottom. Why are you bothered? She's not the one who's going to swallow. It's you. Why are wives always asking for their husband's opinion about their dressing? Because they are representing. Are you here? This morning, I'm here to impart something to you that I hope will work. I know it will work. That's why you say I'm not giving you seven points towards a most successful spiritual life. I am not here to appeal to your mind and to give you notes you can take and go remember. Say, point one is this. Point No, I am trying to impart something to you that I hope will work for you. Because look, the time has come for those of us who believe in Christ eh, to show up and the glory shows up. <laughs> you show up at work and the glory of God shows up. You sit at that desk and the glory of God shows up. Everyone comes and they don't know, they don't know why they are feeling the way they are feeling. But because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that means you're full of the Holy Spirit. It's even supposed the Holy Spirit is starting to escape your body into your environment. I believe there's something called spiritual reach. You can have the spirit in you and it's only in you. Deep there. And then you can have the spirit in you and it permeates your body because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you get full of the spirit such that when people touch you, they actually experience the Holy Spirit. And then there are situations where you can actually exceed your body and your, the spirit in you gets into your environment. And you can decide to fill a whole room with the Holy Spirit by you being there. And people experience the Holy Spirit because they've come into that space where you are. Otherwise, how would the demons know that Jesus is coming? And they start saying, we know you, we know you, we know you. Don't punish us. From a distance, he's rich. <laughs> like a kilometer away, they already sense the spirit. People, these are the things that God has reserved for you and I. These are not for special people. These are not for pastors. These are for the saints. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, this is only going to make sense when we go to the next verse. So just allow me to go to the next verse. Now, 
we are, let me connect, let me connect, I'm out of time, let me connect. One, God has given us, God has hidden his stuff, okay? Let's say there is a deep hole here, eh? Deep, deep, deep. God has hidden his stuff for us. Now, then he says that God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the one who knows the depth of those things. He can go deep down. And then for us, we are here. Then what does it do? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. This, this spirit who searches that, who knows the depth of God's things that has been given to us in our spirit. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17 that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So your spirit and, the, and God's spirit are now identical. They are like in union. So if your spirit and God's spirit are in union, it means that the spirit of God who searches the deep things of God, everything you'll ever need, healing, prosperity, what? Everything freely given is now joined to your spirit. That means that your spirit is capable of searching the deep things of God. <laughs> oh, tell your neighbor, I'm not human. I'm not only human. I have the spirit of God. I have divine capabilities. Don't worry. It takes some time. Especially when you've been thinking you're human the whole time. It takes some time to educate the mind. To understand that you have divine capabilities. That the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience... Faithfulness, goodness, self-control, kindness. All of that is already deposited in your spirit. Look, you don't need to ask for more love. You don't need to ask for patience. You already have all the patience in the world. You are the most, you are as patient as God. It's going quiet. You are as joyful as God is. You have as much peace as God does. You are as loving as God is. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, now you, some of you are looking at all your current evidence and like, now look at this. The moment when you start getting into a quarrel with your spouse, that's when you should kick in this truth. I am as loving as God is. I am as patient as God is. I am as joyful as God is. We are going to go into a very sensitive verse, but I need you to first understand this. Because the next verse is the application. But you can't apply what you don't know. <laughs> the spirit wasn't given so that we can argue about speaking in tongues. The spirit was given that we might know the deep things that have been freely given to us by God. They have been revealed. 
<laughs> are, you, are you here? Yeah, because right now some of you are like, Jesus. What? Yes. Everything you ever needed for life and godliness, you already have. You just need to cooperate with your spirit and with the Holy Spirit to start searching them out. Because they're already there in your spirit. I already told you about this one. Verse 14. Let's start at verse 14. He will grow. Let's read, read, read it aloud. Verse 14 and 15. Music team, come. That's the only way I can be chest off this platform. First, be coming and be here and be in the spirit. Let's preach together. What will the Holy Spirit do? He says he will guide you into all truth and he says he will glorify me. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will glorify him. How will the Holy Spirit glorify him? For he will take of what is his, what belongs to Jesus, and he will reveal it to us. He will declare it to you. He will reveal it to you. Then he says, all things that the Father has a mind. Therefore, I say it. He will take of mine and declare it to you. Why is he declaring it to you? Because it is yours. When a will is written, when a person dies, <laughs> they will declare to you why, why are they reading to you stuff in the will? They will declare to you what's yours in the will. Like, so and so, this is for you. Then they declare it to you. And in this case, it is all things that the father has. Uh, people, people. People of God. Sons and daughters of God. Are you in this place? Are you seeing what belongs to you? What belongs to you? All things that the Father has. Now when you have this understanding, it changes your prayer life completely. This business of begging. Prayer requests. I don't do prayer requests. I don't do prayer requests. That's my stuff. My whole prayer life is about communion with God, not asking for stuff. Because the more I know him, the more I know what's mine. And the more I can surface it for my purposes and use it. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hey. Woo. Okay. Now, Today you are no. Banangs, banangs. Now, 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 really switch on. Eh? Have you switched on? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Right? Those things are the things. That, that the Holy Spirit teaches. 
Those things are the things that are the wisdom of God. They have been freely given to us by God. Now see what he says next. See what he says next. See what he says next. These things. Which things? The things that have been freely given to us by God. The wisdom of God. These things we also speak. Ask your neighbor, what are you saying? <laughs> These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, compares spiritual things with spiritual. These things we also speak. Now we are getting into the practical aspects. How do you move from just knowing about them to experiencing them? We speak. That's why he started, we speak the wisdom of God. I showed that to you. Then he says, but we speak the wisdom of God. Then he says, these things we also speak. What are you saying? Life and death and the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. When it comes to your words, there is no middle ground. There is no no man's land. Every word that proceeds out of your mouth is either bringing life or death. I, had, I learned a new term the other day. I was listening to this guy preach and, and he was talking about something he calls talking sessions. You sit down and start talking. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I have all things pertaining to life and godliness in the name of Jesus. All my sins were born in his body and by his stripes I was healed. He became poor for my sake that me through his poverty I might be made rich. Those they call them, I found a new term, talking sessions. You're speaking the wisdom of God. Let me tell you, if you just take five minutes every day, you can't even time from time X to time Z and have a talking session. Only the wisdom of God. There's no time to cry and complain. You can do that in your prayer time. I'll put it in quotes. This one is for declaring the truth about you. <laughs> Ah, okay. Oh, by the way, I suspect I'm the most excited person in this building right now. If not, I'm the only one who knows how to show it. <laughs> the rest of y'all get excited only in your spirit. It doesn't come out. Mama say, when you know that you know that you know that all things that the father has are yours and the landlord is there disturbing you with 300k of rent a month. <laughs> Let me tell you, you need a talking session. When the doctor comes and says you are diabetic and you know for sure that's not the testimony of God concerning my body, you need a talking session. Let me tell you, for some of us, life has hit you so hard. People have said all sorts of ugly, nasty things to you. Some of you have been rejected by people you trusted with your love. 
and you are in a place where you doubt your own identity and your own worth and value, let me tell you, you need a talking session. You need to sit down in one, on, uh, in one place and, and just start talking. And just start saying, look here. <laughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am born of the spirit. Yay, God is my father. God is my daddy. <laughs> He's the father of spirits. You need a talking session. Some of you, your bank accounts have been saying so, all sorts of ugly things to you. You need a talking session. Don't, hey, hey. Let me tell you, a time comes when a man has to draw a line in the sand and say, I've had enough defeat in life. I'm not going to have defeat any other day. Friends, consistent victories available and possible. You need a talking session. Ah! Woo! Woohoo! Look at this verse. 2 Corinthians 4 13. I came across this verse about five years ago and it changed my life. It says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Malayo, 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 loudly. Tell your neighbor, it's not enough to believe. What are you saying? Think about it. Even in Romans chapter 10, about salvation, they say that with, with, with the heart, one believes, huh? unto what? Unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Even to receive that which Christ has given us. That salvation there, by the way, is not salvation of not going to hell but going to heaven. No, it's everything that Jesus died for. How do you receive it? With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What are you saying? What are you saying? Solomon 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Come on, stand on your feet and start declaring these things over your life. Start a talking session right now. Someone, come on, lift your voices in this place. We are not here to play games. We are tired of average life. life. We, we cannot take it anymore. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Come on, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Start declaring the truth you know about you to yourself. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0312-281-555.